Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everyone, and how are you today? I am going to bring on our co-host, Mr. Jay Logan from San Francisco. Mr. Logan, how are you today? I'm doing great today, Gail. I'm here in San Francisco, and it's a uh, overcast day, but, uh, you know, you got to get one of these once in a while. <laughs> exactly. I am so excited, Jay, about today's show. We are going to be starting with a wonderful, wonderful group of people. So just to let everyone know, we're actually starting the show today from my locale in Jersey City, and we had the opportunity to do that last week. And later on this month, we'll also be doing uh, some of the people that Jay knows and makes a difference in also in his community over in San Francisco and Oakland. Wonderful place. Actually, he's kind of lucky with the weather change. So, you know, I get jealous every week that as we're going into the winter, you have that kind of weather that just stays really great all year round. Uh, yes, it does. As, uh, compared to what you're going to go through, I guess you could say that. But uh, yeah, today isn't so clear. But uh, I, I'll take uh, California weather over New York weather in the fall uh, anytime. <laughs> so why don't we let you drive over here, okay, and you can then yourself experience what it is, because uh, you're originally from New York, so I want everyone to know that, but Jay will then get a chance to remember what it was to drive through snow and get your car out of the snow, and, you know, we just had a tornado here yesterday, Jay, uh, which was pretty interesting. You know, it's scary because, you know, we in New York usually say, oh, well, you know, if it happens, we wish the best for everyone else, but now we're actually experiencing it. Well, Jay, is it okay if I go a little bit into our guests and then we go into the news of the day? Is that okay with you? That's wonderful. Let's do it. That's great. Well, you know, today we have Mark Donmoy. I'm kind of excited about Mark. He's this great guy. He works at K9 to Garden, which is a, a pet daycare here in Jersey City, kind of like the Apple computer of daycare. And he's just an amazing guy. He's very funny. He has his own journey of being a writer, you know, his own thoughts on entrepreneurship, and that now being a part of a pet daycare that, you know, it's really not just about the community that we are that serves because we're a people of so different uh, many cultures and aspects and ethnicities and, you know, uh, different parts of uh, wealth and things like that in this community. It's really a hodgepodge of everything. And to have someone like him who can really relate to all levels of that and his staff. It's, it's really amazing, you know, Jay. And then we have another guest who's back who's created the first Jersey City Fashion Week in New Jersey. And I am so excited, Jay. I'm also so excited, Jay, because this is the day that you get to have more fun with the interview with Mark. <laughs> and just to let you know, Mark is such a fun guy, you know. So we're going to start off with, Jay, you're going to tell us a little bit about what's going on you know, I know that you are wanted to start off with the, the two things about the Chicago teachers and what's going on over in Binghamton, uh, you know, with the university. I, 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 you know, I'm not going to get started. I'm going to let you go into this one because you know my thoughts about it, right? So yes, can you just share, share with us about, you know, what's going on with the Chicago teachers and the universities, and we'll go back to, you know, your the links that we have for the day to speak about the news later on in the show. Is that okay with you, Jay? That's great. That's great. We'll talk about the Chicago teachers yesterday have all came to agreement. Over 800 delegates have agreed to put a stop to the strike over there. And as we know, over a quarter million kids 
have been out of school for a whole week, Gail. That's a whole week that the parents and the grandmothers had to find activities for the kids. A lot of parents couldn't go to work. It really was like a traffic jam over there. And I'm glad that the teachers have finally got it together without the city hall getting involved and making them go back to work. So they have a tentative deal on the table that they all agreed to that's going to last maybe three to four years. And I'm happy to say that they're all back all back at school today. Um, and that's that's a great thing. Um, I'm glad that the teachers have put aside their differences and they were able to not get everything on the table, but they got most of the issues that they want on the table. And now everybody's back at school. All the kids are hugging the teachers. And um, it's a happy home over there in Chicago now. Wow. Wow. That's that's interesting. Wow. I mean, I don't know if we could do that in the West Coast. If our kids were out of school for seven days here, it would just be havoc over here because a lot of the people out here that go to work, uh, they, they, their jobs are like 40 and 50 miles away. And I don't think uh, San Francisco Bay Area could handle that because these, these parents here, they have to commute a long ways here in the Bay Area. So I don't know how that is in Chicago, but I, I don't think uh, California could take seven days out of school for the kids. Um, it, it, it brings to a concern, Gail, that teachers are very important and these these unions are very strong. And um, it, it, it makes you wonder, you know, the, the teachers aren't being paid enough, they're frustrated, they don't have job security. Um, I can understand where the teachers are coming from, but at the same time, the education of our youth is very important also. So it's a thin line there, you know, um, but we must take care of the teachers because without them, we can't teach our children. So, you know, hopefully they got it together there in Chicago and all is well, and uh, they can continue their education there. Wow. Well, let us talk about the university, too. What's going on there? Well, you know, early in the year, we all, me and you always talk about bullying. And I always wonder, is hazing a adult form of bullying? Is it just... As you grow up, you don't call it bullying no more. You call it hazing. And um, uh, Binghamton University, they had a big problem with hazing early this year, and so they're trying to stop this at their school. Um, one student said that she was so afraid for her voice and his health and the ability to do schoolwork because he was coming home at like 4 a.m. in the morning with gashes and cuts in his hands and elbows, and uh, and they would reopen daily. Um this hazing stuff, I'm trying to figure out what's so important about joining a, a, uh, joining a group of kids just to be in their company that you have to get hazed. I mean, I don't I don't think that that's a really really something that uh, is important to be part of a fraternity or sorority that you have to get beat up, bullied, pushed out in the cold, uh, do uh, do these acts just to join in the club. I mean. I mean, I don't know if you dealt with that, uh, Gail, but I don't, I don't see that being as important to join a group so they can humiliate you. Um, I, you know, I agree with you. I agree with you, and I think what's happening now, the colleges have just so much adopted this, you know, and it's, um, it's a bit scary. It's a bit scary. It's been okay at the colleges now, and it's, it's reaching down into the high school levels, Jay, and now I think they think it's, it's an okay thing. And it's, it's yeah, difficult. 
It's like joining gangs. It's like gangs. You know, you join a gang. The, the college. These are basically gangs that are in the colleges, and we need to we need to stop that. Yeah, we do. And 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 when we say this, I think we we better be careful in how we say it because it's not really a gang. It's really that the fraternities have gotten to a point that fraternities and sororities have gotten to a point that it's still along certain lines of different people that think it's okay to do this. I mean, you know, when I was in college, they made me eat peppermint toothpaste with jello and a couple of other things. And um, it wasn't, it didn't feel healthy at the time. You know what I mean? So it is, uh, it, it, it is pretty difficult. You know what I mean? So it's, um, it's, it's just very difficult. Uh, okay, and, if, you, if, you, if, if you didn't eat the peppermint toothpaste, what what was the uh, what was the penalty? I, we won't even go in there, but we do have our guest Mark on <laughs> right now, okay. and uh, maybe he ate peppermint toothpaste as part of his college association. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> we'll soon find out. But let's let's not keep him on, and let's welcome him on. So. Without further ado, we'd like to welcome Mr. Mark Don Moore. Mr. Mark Don Moore, how are you? I'm good. I had to uh, I had to move from one office to the next because a dog uh, chewed through a phone cord in the other one. <laughs> that well, Mark, is my life. That is my life. Well, as we can, as you can tell, audience, he's already started with a dog story. And yeah. so, Mark, I would love for you to meet our co-host uh, here at Listen Give from San Francisco, Mr. J. Logan. Mr. J. Logan, this is Mark Donmore of K9 The Garden. Hello. Hello there, Mark. Hi there. How are you? Great to meet you. Pleased to meet Did you, you know, too. It, it is, it, so, Mark, you know I'm a bit excited that I get to have you on the show that I'm with uh, Jay on. I, I'm very excited today. So I'm excited to be here. I, I think this is fun. I love talking about. I love talking about my spot. <laughs> okay. Well, we're, we're going to start a, a little bit differently with you. And uh, Jay, I think you have some things to share with Mark, don't you? Yeah, I do. First of all, Mark, it's great to have you. Um, can we go right into sharing with our audience about the amazing journey as a writer? Your thoughts on entrepreneurship. And now, being part of a pet daycare in Jersey City, that is said to be the apple of daycare. Yeah, um, uh, we're trying to be. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was previously with Apple, um, uh, and uh, uh, and then I was with a daycare, and it was very much it was very much not like Apple. Um, and I have a lot of I have a lot of respect for Apple, and I I loved my time with the company, um, and helped open the Fifth Avenue store, and it was a great experience, and it's a great company, and uh, the the idea of being able to bring that sort of a feeling to um, to a doggy daycare was something that that was seemed like it hadn't been done yet, which is always good, um, and second of all, seemed like uh, there was there was there was an opportunity to do it. Now, the difference is, of course, at Apple... Well, well so, Mark, Mark we, don't, Mark, we don't want to spoil everything yet. We we want to oh. start from the beginning. We want, we want to start from the beginning with you. 
we're going to let you tell us about that, the, the, the good part of that later. But we want to start with you, if that's okay. And Jen yeah, has sure. specific questions for you about starting with you. So our audience gets a, a sense of how you even got into this business. You know what I mean? So, right. uh, Jay, if you go right into it. Okay, Mark. Well, here you have a great sense of humor, and you do. I, I can already tell. And that you're a wonderful writer. Would you would you um, share some of the things that you have done as a writer with us? Uh, well, I did a couple of things as a writer. I, um, uh, my brother, my oldest brother, he's the he was always the writer of the family. Um, he worked for Bloomberg News for the White House press correspondent for them, um, and and wrote all through high school and college. I I was uh, more focused on um, on like the theatrical arts, but but my father is a professor in education, and my mother is a uh, my mother is uh, sorry, dogs running into my office. My mother uh, is an English teacher, so my my pedigree was obviously you know sort of based on being able to uh, part of the the family traits was to you know be able to have the the ability of the written word. Um, so the first real paying writing gig that I ever had was for the Pro Wrestling Torch. Um, <laughs> That I was working full time at a talent agency actually at the time, you, you know, because I, I got my bachelor of arts in theater. But I would moonlight reviewing um, professional wrestling events and writing a weekly column um, uh, about the, you know, about the absurdity about about uh, wrestling entertainment being the um, last bastion, sort of a theater of the absurd and the mainstream. Uh, and, and, you know, so I would, I would write about, you know, somebody reversing a pile driver into an inside cradle and silly stuff like that. And then, and then I would also, I would also philosophize about like how, like what parts of wrestling paralyze, uh, uh, paralleled life and so forth. So that was a really ridiculously hilarious gig. Um, it sounds it. <laughs> It was it was unique. People thought I was crazy. I loved it. I'll tell you what. I learned I learned a lot. You know, my my mother like I said was an English teacher, but she was, you know, she even she wasn't as tough as the editor of that pro wrestling um uh, pro wrestling <laughs> publication. Um he was, you know, he made me go read through an entire Styles book. I had to, you know, I had to use the Oxford comma. Like I had to do it his way and and I had to, you know, I would have to get a report out and, you know, within like an hour and a half of the end of the show and I'd have to write as I went and so forth. So it was actually really educational. Um and, you know, I could put in my own in the in the in the more free column, I could put in my own um, my own sort of flavor into things. Um, and then the next thing that I ever really did with writing was was uh, also while I was at that job, and then after that job, I uh, started a comedy troupe um, that and we did sketch comedy all over the uh, uh, all over New York City and a lot of the clubs and everything. And uh, you know, we as a group primarily. Um, uh, wrote uh, an enormous amount of uh, dozens and dozens and dozens of sketches and performs and performed the sketches. Um, so yeah, pro wrestling and comedy—that was my writing until I ended up at K. Nindergarten. Well, yeah, and that's that's where we want to go because this next question, Mark, that what you shared was really cool because it gives us a glimpse inside your personality and kind of how you got over there. You know, one yeah. of the things I want, want to ask you is just in relation to Apple. 
you know, when you worked at Apple, can you just tell us a little bit about that so that Jay can kind of segue our audience into the next level of the pet daycare business, how you got in there? Um, yeah, talk about Apple? Yeah, just a little bit about that, like what that experience was for you there. Okay, so, so after, I left the, um, after I left the the Don Buckwald and Associates, which is the talent agency I was I was at, and I decided I wanted to try to go a different direction in my life. I was doing the comedy, um, having a lot of fun with it. Um, was a particular uh, type in the industry that that, um, uh, that I actually ended up going in and doing some successful like voiceover and commercial acting while I was doing the comedy. But as you know, in that lifestyle, I went from having a steady paycheck to not having a steady paycheck, and it was pretty feast or famine, you know, depending on if you book a job if you'd not booked a job. So I, I got a part-time job, um, and it was the Apple Soho store, and I was hired in a utility closet. Um, it was much less corporate, than, much less corporate then. Um, it was, uh, you know, there was only one Apple store. Apple retail was still newish. This was like 2005, I think, 2004. Um, it was the only one in New York, the Soho store. Not a lot of people knew about it. I had never touched an iPod. I had no idea what I didn't own an Apple. I had knew nothing about Apple really, except for like my parents' old, you know, like Apple computer at home. You know, growing up in Ohio. Um, but I had a friend who got me in for an interview. Um, so. I got hired by them as the first ever Apple greeter. Um, they they did not have a greeter position at that time um, anywhere in all of Apple retail, but there was something that they were sort of testing out. And given that I knew nothing about their product, um, they figured the best thing they could do is use my – but they like they my personality. The best thing they could do is put me up front and talk to people. Um, and it was, and I loved it. I mean, I loved how I was hired. I suddenly was surrounded by all these great people who were really passionate about about Apple. They were really passionate about the company that they worked for. So I was like, this is great. You know, like this is really interesting. I had no idea because again, it seems like now Apple owns the world, but at that time they were still sort of on the comeback. Um, and uh, and so I suddenly was the first person that everybody came in and saw in that store, and it was a very busy store. Um, and that was back when the iPods were. Uh, they were on those spinning hard drives, and it wasn't—you know—they weren't the thinner ones. They were like the, it was like Generation Two, Generation Three, and they had a lot of problems and they had a lot of glitches. Um, you know, and the Genius Bar concept was still kind of new. People didn't understand having to schedule their appointments, so people would basically come in like really angry, and they'd see Mark's smiling face. So I, I. Um, I I started to learn the products. I started to to learn how to how to help get people what they needed and where they needed, um, and and was pretty successful with it. When Apple Fifth Avenue came along, I skipped a couple of promotions and went right into right into a supervisor position to help open the Fifth Avenue store. Partially because the gentleman who was going to be the manager of it was the same guy who had hired me at Soho, um, and he wasn't the number one guy there, but he was going to be the number one guy at Fifth Avenue. Now he's the number one guy for all of New York City. Um, and Jason uh, is a great guy, and he brought me on to go with that other team. A couple of feathers were ruffled because nobody, you know, I had been a greeter, and suddenly I was, a, you know, people's bosses. Um, but but we opened the store. Uh, it was a team of about 200. It was an amazing experience. Um, I'd never been part of anything like that. Uh, it was 24 hours a day, um, so nobody kind of understood the most basic things 
like how do we staff this how do we how do we have a meeting if we never close you know like like how, why do people keep slipping on the stairs in this this cube that's sitting here you know and and all of those initial challenges that I think are pretty much once in a lifetime i you know that these sorts of things come along I got to be part of that um and uh I got to be there for the opening night I got to meet Steve Jobs um i I got to see all these celebrities coming in and, and wanting to be a part of it um and and i and i while I got tired of the retail portion of it, I learned a lot about about the how a, a company works internally and and there was a there was a definite culture of a people forward culture there that I had the utmost respect for. You could tell Apple cared about its people it wanted everybody to feel like it was it was a shared experience um and they empowered me to do lots of things including uh meet in front of uh, apple corporate to discuss the launch of the uh the concierge which was similar to the greeter position of the past so they basically took me from nothing and gave me a million opportunities to capitalize on well i wow. think jay, jay that's a, that's great i mean i think jay has some interesting questions for you based on this the pet daycare area this is great yes. Yes, Martin, we're going to get to the beef now. Uh, that's, in, that's extraordinary what you've told us thus far. Mark, I want to know how did you go from Apple into the pet daycare center business, and where did you start when you first entered the dog daycare business? So, in case you haven't noticed, I love to talk. <laughs> Um, so I'm, I'll be happy to talk some more. So it's a it's it's a strange <laughs> transition. Um, so Apple was great, and I did it for years. It became increasingly difficult, and as supportive as they were, it became pretty difficult for them too to juggle my schedule because they were again so supportive of me and really supportive of me. And my, I was still acting while I was working for Apple, but when I was at Soho, I was I was part time. When I opened Fifth Avenue, um, I was full-time. Um, and I was full-time, but I would have to leave during the days, get coverage, find ways to go to auditions, because my agents would be calling me you know, with auditions and so forth, including the day after the very first iPhone launched. I had to fly to Ottawa, Canada for for five days to film uh, a spot on 24 hours notice on the 4th of July, had to rush to get a passport, had to, you know, basically just leave my full-time job, had to have all my body hair removed for the spot, um, you know, and, and up and vanish. So after, the, it, it, you know, it's a great acting job, but, but it was a tough time for Apple to lose me. So after that, it sort of um, came to the point where I either had to, like, drop back to part-time with Apple. Apple, or I had to give up acting, um, or you know, and go full time with Apple. I had to make that decision. So I, I, I was also turning thirty, um, and it was a, it was a transitional time in my life um, uh, in, in a lot of ways, and, and you know, and, and I would say a tough time because I, you know, here I am faced with these decisions, and. I, I wanted both, you know, I wanted it all. I couldn't figure it out. I loved Apple. Little, you know, it, Fifth Avenue was a stressful store, it was a stressful environment because it was so busy and nonstop. You know, and acting is exhausting too. So I, you know, I, I was sort of at a loss for what I was supposed to do. And, you know, where, where should I go with my life going forward? So I took some time, um, I took some downtime um, because I was, I was, it was a t you know, it was tough. And I, I was, I was not happy with my life. I was coming out of a relationship. Um, I, you know, I couldn't make up my mind what I wanted to do. So I said, I'm going to take some time off. 
and I'm going to go back and 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 you know I'm 30 years old now, time to grow up. I'm going to choose my career and I'm going to go with it. I'm either going to be an actor or I'm going to go back to Apple and I'm going to you know I'm going to move up the ranks even further there and try to get a store of my own or go to Apple corporate uh, in Cupertino or or you know or I'm going to go back into either casting or agenting because I'd essentially had three careers at this point, um, you know, and and I, I was trying to have it every way. So in that time. I I was like, you know, I need to make some sort of an income because I got to pay the rent, but I don't want it to be in any of these things. You know, I want to I want to take this time as a sort of soul searching time to figure it out. So I I I decide, you know what? You know what I like to do when I was a kid? I liked I liked animals. I did my internship at a vet clinic. You know, I'm obsessed with cats. Uh, uh, you know, I I like dogs, but I'm really a cat person. Um, you know, I think I'll get a job in the in the animal industry because I'm not going to care about it that much. It's not that big of a deal. You know, it's just going to be a paycheck, and and it'll keep me supported while I figure things out. So I I look on Craigslist. Um, I uh, apply for a job at this place called Biscuits and Bath, um, and uh, it, it was um, it was a doggy daycare. I'd never seen a doggy daycare. I didn't even know the concept existed. Similar to Apple, uh, you know, here's Mark, completely clueless as to what he's applying for a job for. I, I had I had no idea this. I thought it was like going to be like a pet store or something, um, you know, maybe pet boarding. So I, I apply for this job. I get hired uh, by this job for a woman I actually work with now. Uh, her name is Ashia. She she hired me in because you know she she again she thought I had a good personality for the business. Um, I had some management experience at this point, so I was hired in as an assistant manager, um, and uh, you know and I had a good sense of of you know branding and so forth from my time with Apple. Um, <clears throat> worked for the company for about. A year and, and a little bit more, um, and a year, maybe like a year and a couple months. Um, I didn't have the best experience with it. Um, I believe that it was a company that was um, uh, pretty good on the integrity front in terms of how they took care of the dogs in their care. So I, I would never, I would never belittle them that. Um, I think they took re- really bad care of uh, their people. Um, they took really bad care of their people. Um, uh, sorry, I just got interrupted. This is my life. I have two doors, so there was knock. It's like a comedy of errors in here. Um, so uh, they, they 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 did not pay their staff very well. They did not take care of their staff very well. They did not take care of their clients very well. Um, they were very adverse to complaints or concerns from their clients. They'd rather just get rid of them and replace them with new people. There was there was a sort of a culture of greed at the top. And anyway, it wasn't a great company. I don't want to spend too much time ripping on them. I think they've made a lot of improvements from what I can tell So uh, in, in recent years. And I will say they were always good about how they treated the dogs, and that is the most important thing. But I left I left there with a bad taste in my mouth. I was not happy. Um, and I, uh, I I then decided, well, now it's time to figure out what career I'm going to go back into. Um, and in that time, I started doing independent animal care. I started – I was walking dogs. I was doing dog sitting for dogs, um, overnight sittings. Um, and, you know, it was sort of just getting by and just kind of enjoying not having any responsibilities in my life, you know, for the first time in a while. I was in a new relationship. Um, well, it wasn't new at that point, I guess. I'd met her at Biscuits and Bath. Um, <laughs> and, but, but she'd moved in, and, you know, and I was I was sort of focusing on that relationship and sort of nesting and enjoying the freedom and not having the answer to anybody. And, you know, suddenly it's months later, 
and I haven't gone back into any of my other careers. I'm basically doing nothing. I'm telling myself, oh, you're going to be, you know, maybe you'll be an actor again, you know, and I started writing again and writing comedy again. Thought about getting, you know, the group back together, but, you know, now I'm, like, in my early 30s, and I'm like, what's the point? I'm like, well, I don't know, I was, like, 32, 33, um, and I'm like, you know, what's wrong with me? I'm completely unmotivated. You know, like, I can't decide what career to go into. I, I haven't fixed the problem. I've almost made it worse. I'm just twiddling my thumbs, um, you know, but but enjoying just kind of living life and walking around New York City. So, anyway, uh, I, I got pursued to come on to this project, K-9 Garden, and... Um, uh, from a gentleman I worked with at Biscuits and Bath, who's actually no longer with the company. And originally I was just coming in in a management role. Um, that changed pretty quickly. Um, uh, but, but, but I came in, um, uh, because again, I wasn't doing anything, and of all the all the careers to go back into, I never thought I would go back into the animal industry. Uh, but but I was so bored and so unmotivated that I thought, eh, it's time to do something. And 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 what the heck? I've never opened a business before. What a unique opportunity! You know, I'm definitely going to learn something. Maybe I'll like it. Hold on. Yeah. Yeah. Hi. Hold on one second. So while Mark is taking out one of those fires. Sorry. And it's like literally the sixth time my door has knocked. So sorry. Um, Anywho, uh, I'm sure that was really fun for your listeners. We're going to have to kind of stop there because we want to get into K-9 the garden a little bit and we're running out of a little time. Okay. I told you I talked a lot. It's fine. Actually, this is giving our listeners an idea of when, you know, this is where the entrepreneurship (laughs) role comes, comes in. And it gives right. people an opportunity to see how you've gone through that transition. So the next question we want to ask you here is, you're currently working at Canine Garden in Jersey City. What has this pet daycare differ so much from the others already located in the surrounding areas? What do you think? Well, there's a couple of things, um, and, and it does go back to uh, – uh, when we had the opportunity to open the business and I came in and I took it very seriously and I rose to the top and ended up uh, being one of the owners of the business um, because of the amount of time and effort I put in initially of, of creating, what, taking what I'd learned from opening Fifth Avenue and learning from Apple and, and putting it here and, and also what I'd learned from Biscuits and Bath and sort of wanting to do the opposite of that. First of all, we're very people forward. Um, it's 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 extremely important to us that we recognize that that the dog care is paramount, but people care is extremely important because at the end of the day, it's a service business, um, and you know, and 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 we're servicing both dogs and people. So I would say the first thing we do that's different is we tirelessly. Um, uh, focus on having amazing customer service. Um, we we do everything in our power to try to help people um, in, in weird ways, you know, in, in strange situations. Um, I, I try to push forward a culture of as much as possible, I mean, as much as within reason, but that, that, um, that, that we're here, we're here to, to help people even in ways that they don't expect. Second of all, we're really, really, really heavy on transparency, which can be really difficult in, in the doggy daycare industry, but it's also pretty rare. There's companies that are pretty good about it, but there's there's a, there's an enormous amount. I can't speak to all of the ones in Jersey City, uh, but there's an enormous amount that basically don't want parents to know what happens behind the curtain with their dogs because their dogs are difficult to manage or or what have you or how they can staff it or whatever else. 
so and dogs on um to my knowledge still haven't mastered the english language um so so the dogs can't really say what how their day was and the dogs are going to run and be happy to see their parents regardless so a lot of a lot of uh people in the industry sort of prey on that um and we by 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 hiding the fact the realities of how difficult it is when you have dozens and dozens of dogs all in your care we go the other direction we we like we're the company of like TMI like we will tell you if what color your dog's poop is if we think the dog is poop is weird we will tell you if your dog eats other dogs poop you know and of course we try to stop them we will tell you if your dog is an excessive humper we will tell you everything about their day because we figure it's better to just let people know what they're paying for what the realities are warts and all where we're out you know where we're at at any given time and trying to deliver the best service possible um uh, so that is a huge difference and i think that i think i could pretty safely say that's in Jersey City area that differentiates us. In addition, um, we we hire a higher level of, uh, more quality level of staff. Uh, our pay rates are pretty competitive um, and better than most of our competition um, because we want happy employees and and we want, you know, the employees to, to have, we want to have good retention so the dogs are comfortable and know who's there. Um, and we want people that, you know, believe in that they're being taken care of and they're important. We have, a, a, we're, we're, we're pretty good and trying to get better at, you know, vacations and health insurance. And it's, it's you know it's it's a people for it's employee for business because that creates a culture of um of of wanting to do right you know and and if you're the person that doesn't kill themselves to take care of a dog you're the odd person out rather than you're the freak who takes their job too seriously and last but not least um we also staff very heavily um which i can tell you from a business standpoint from an entrepreneur standpoint is not easy to do but 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 in establishing the brand um important i believe but like we, we you know we we staff 24 7 um with high quality people who have been here over a year um other competitors don't do that uh we 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 have uh, we hire we, we keep people on over the weekends even in our hours that are closed we have multiple people so we're still running and taking care of the dogs when the reality is we could throw them in a crate and nobody would really know the difference you know but those poor dogs would know the difference but they wouldn't be able to tell anybody you know so we we put a lot of money into human resources um and we put a lot of money into um uh into taking responsibilities for anything that goes wrong with somebody's dog in our care we um uh we we try to do right by our clients and we try to do right by our by our staff and we always do right by the dogs but you know dogs are pretty chill like they're difficult to deal with but but they don't need a lot to be happy you know they just want to play and sniff a butt Oh, okay, okay. And with that said, we have our other guests on, but Mark, we have one last question for you. Mm-hmm. Why do you think it's so important, and Jay, I'm going to skip over your question because I know that we have the other guests on, but why is it so important that, you know, in addition to pets being with their, you know, their families and their, you know, their moms and their dads or other people might say owners, why do you think it's most important also that pets have a place to connect? You know what I mean? With their, yeah, you know, with their, well, I'll tell you this, and, and it's it's 
it, it's interesting that you how you just phrased that question and, and and you use the different categories, um, including the word owners. One one thing that we're that we're particularly proud of here, and I believe it's a growing trend. So I don't want to say it's just us, but I will say that we're a leader in it. Is that we cater to dog parents, um, not dog owners. And it's like, listen, you know, I'm not, I'm not stupid. Like dogs, dogs are different than people. You know, they have different needs and everything else. But but we cater to the person who considers that that when they take on the responsibility of a dog in their home that that dog is should be treated as a full-fledged family member that that there's real at the end of the day if they're living in your home and they're part of your life and you're sharing your lives and your souls and it, it, they're a full-fledged family member so the importance for for dogs that are are taken care of like that is how are their days being spent you know how are they they're social creatures by default dogs are very social how are they socializing how are they getting to know other dogs learn from other dogs learn from other people are they having fun are they you know are they able to are they getting enough exercise are they healthy so they're not getting overweight um i think it's i think it's extremely important i think i think dog dog quote unquote ownership is 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 going away and it used to be how everybody viewed it and i don't think it's the right way to look at animal husbandry in 2012 i don't i think that that dog parents are where the future is and those are the people we want and those are people that treat their dogs with the same respect as they would any other family member because their dogs are are taking care of them every day got it well we, you know what we thank you so much uh for no sharing problem. That. thank you and thank you it's a lot of fun i love talking about myself and my business <laughs> yeah well we thank you and and i think that this you know in this short time people have gotten a, a place to see, you know, what goes on in a doggy daycare, also seeing your transition from where you were into where you are now. And in signing off, I would just like everyone, if you could let people know how they can find out where you are and the location, find out for you on the, on the Internet and also find out your location if you could let our listeners know now. Absolutely. So if you're on Facebook, uh, you can just uh, search K9 Garden. It's K, the number nine, and then Dergarten, like kindergarten, um, kooky and fun name. Uh, it also, it's www.k9ergarten.com. Our number is 201-435-8700, and we're at 173 Newark Avenue, just a couple blocks off the Grove Street path in downtown Jersey City. Um, uh, stop by. It's a fun place. It's like the Disney World of doggy daycares. And one thing we wanted to know, Jay just sent me a, a notice over. He wants to know if we could have you back in the future. Yeah, sure. I'll talk again. I'll endlessly okay. for your viewers. No problem. So thank you so much, Mark, and have a wonderful day. And tell our friends at K9 to Garden we said hello. All right, we'll Take do it. Mark. I'll give Munchkin a kiss. I saw Munchkin. Okay. Bye bye. So, all right. Thank And so, Jay, we've got to get right into it because guess who we have next? Oh, I can't wait. I think we have a returning person that we love so much. <laughs> yeah, so why don't you just bring it on in, Mr. Logan? All right. You there, Dave? Oh. Yeah, well, she's coming on now. I'm sorry, Jay. Hello? Hi, Hello. Yeah, Hi. Hi, Hi Jason. How are you? Good. How are you? you? We are so happy to have you back. Excellent. I'm so happy to be back. So, you know, as you can see, we're just coming off of an upwardly fun show right here. So um, I know yes. that Jay is ready to get right in there with you. Excellent. Yes, uh, Deja, for our audience, um, we would love for you to share with, with them 
what you been what you what you do for a living, actually. Sure. Um, part of what I do for a living is I have a foundation called the LJ Give to Live Community Foundation, and we are putting on a fashion week in Jersey City starting on Friday the 21st of September to the 28th of September. And we have four charities that we would like to support. We are supporting or, or now, giving Deja, that, Deja, that we have to tell you. Yes. We have to tell you, like Mark, we've got some really exciting questions for you about that. But what we want to first start out with is just to give our audience a reminder of who you are. If you could tell them what you do every day, you know, like the different facets of the the the, uh, oh, sure. the, the companies well, that you manage, if you don't mind, so they'll have an sure. idea of who they sure. back to Sure. Um, on a, uh, I practice law um, in employment, entertainment, sports, and business. I also have an agency that I just started a couple of years ago, um, a sports and entertainment um, business where I represent some uh, minor league athletes and I've represented um, some entertainers in, in helping them with negotiations or um, just seeking um, new opportunities. And I have my Give to Live um, Community Foundation. Wow. Where it's an opp- opportunity for me to give back. Well, oh, excellent. You know, one of the things, Daisha, we know you're starting the first Jersey City Fashion Week, and it's exciting. So we want to know, what made you choose to create this in Jersey City, given it's always done in New York? Well, I think that Jersey City has a great um, diversity and the different neighborhoods and the downtown area is really up and coming and the people there are just great. And I thought that based on the number of stores that were there and the cultural diversity that was there, uh, as well as the business aspect of Jersey City, that it would be a great place to do a fashion week. Um, I was actually speaking with someone last year, a friend, and who had said, you know, do we have a fashion week in New Jersey? And I said, well, there is something, but there's nothing here. And so as we began to talk, we said, you know, it would be great to have one here because of all those reasons and to give back to charity and make it more of a community um, event as opposed to just um, high fashion. Deja, I wanted to ask you, what is, what's different about having, having Jersey City Fashion Week? What do you think in Jersey City that will be different from the New York experience? Sure. What's different is that our Fashion Week focus is giving back to the community. So the net proceeds from the week are going to be donated to four different charities that help children and women. York Street Project, the Boys and Girls Club, Dress for Success, and Art House Productions theater program called Stages. So that's the huge difference between our Fashion Week and New York's Fashion Week. I hear that Jersey City Fashion Week will be making a difference for nonprofits. I would, would like you to go a little bit more in the organizations you mentioned. Would you tell us who they are again so our audience will know about some of those organizations you mentioned? Sure. Art House Productions is a theater production company, and they do a lot of things in the art community in Jersey City. 
one of the things they started last two years ago, I believe, was a theater program for kids in the neighborhood. So they, I went to visit, and they have kids from the ages of maybe seven or eight all the way up to 14, and they spend this entire semester learning about theater and learning how to act and how to put a production and a play together, and then they get to perform a play at the end of the semester. I thought that this group would be a great group to give to because my charity and my business is about sports and entertainment. And my charity is to give back to children, women, as well as many other people um, through fashion, sports, and entertainment. So in, in going to visit and speaking to them, I thought it would be great to try to sponsor one of the kids who goes to that program. York Street Project is a project of, uh, that helps women and children who are homeless. I believe it was started um, in the Catholic Church, and there were some sisters there who um, started this program, and it's been around for many years. It is a um, huge um, organization with a, uh, a huge staff that helps, um, and I would say, I don't want to put numbers out there that are wrong, but let's just say there's a substantial number of women who come through that program, and they give them a place to live. They also help them with job skills and classes. They also help their children by keeping them in a daycare and giving the children something to do over the summer times if they're not in school. They teach them. They have classes. They teach the kids as well. I went to York Street Project. I visited the buildings where the women stay. I also saw where the kids play and where they learn. Um, and it's such a wonderful, wonderful thing that the sisters did there, um, what they're doing there for the children and for those women. The Boys and Girls Club of Hudson County is located in Jersey City. There's also one, I believe, in Hoboken. The one we're focusing on is the one in Jersey City, and they have several programs for children um, for after school and for all ages. Um, the, the program we're having there on Monday night for the kids is a fashion show. And what we're looking to do is to give money to the Boys and Girls Club so they could use it to continue to do programming for the kids in the leadership group as well as the other groups. Um, it's just the, everyone knows the Boys and Girls Club because they're all over the country. Um, they're just a solid organization that helps kids and gives them something to do after school and at different programs and provides different opportunities for them to meet people, to meet role models, and to grow and to learn. And so that's why they were chosen. Dress for Success of Hudson County has also been around for many years. Dress for Success helps women who need clothing, and I believe they also help men, um, who need clothing for interviews and to go out and to get them prepared to get jobs. And I thought that that was important because there are women out there who are getting back into the mar job market or maybe they were homeless and they just got back on their feet or maybe they had a rough time and they need some help. And Dress for Success is there to help them with clothing. I myself have donated clothing to Dress for Success at least on five or six occasions in the last six years when I was president of the Association of Black Women Lawyers. We donated to them on a regular basis as well as when I was president of New Jersey Women Lawyers. We donated to them as well. And it's funny because six months ago I just got finished giving clothes to them again um, because I believe that we are supposed to help each other out and if I have something that can help someone else, I do it. So Dress for Success, they were chosen because they help women in need. 
and that's wow. That's great. So what made you marry the idea of a fashion week in Jersey City and nonprofit organizations to, to benefit from the proceeds? Well, because I felt as if fashion in and of itself is one thing, and I think that that brings people together because everybody wears clothes, whether it's couture clothes, whether it's you're going to Target to pick up some clothes. You can relate. You wear jeans or a T-shirt or you wear a fancy dress. But I think that Jersey City is, is a large city, but it's also a community. And in that community, there were people who need help. Um, and so I felt that this was a way of a good way or new and different way to raise money for some of those causes that are there um, and get people, the everyday people who are walking on the street or who, you know, go out and hang out. Maybe they go to concerts or maybe they, you know, like going out to different events to get to marry the two together in order to help the community. So I'm, you know, looking to get to that different, um, to, to the other population. There is a population that gives all the time, the business population may give, but, you know, just to get everyone in on the giving and having a good time doing it. Wow. You know, I'd like, I have, a, a, this, Jay and I have, like, two questions that are going to sound the same to you, okay? Um, mm-hmm. what, has, what has been the most rewarding experience of this project for you? Um, I think the most rewarding experience of the project is the journey and, and trusting God and um, God um, showing up and um, and showing out. <laughs> um, meeting the people um, in Jersey City, the different businesses and the sponsors and the government officials, the city, um, the people at the county who have been very helpful, Provident Bank Foundation people, um, Hudson County people, just connecting with the people has also been very rewarding um, because they also have big hearts and they want to help the people in in our community. Wow. Well, it's it's just amazing. Um, Jay, I think you're going to ask us something. Oh, I'm sorry. You go right ahead. Yeah, I, did. I, I want to know: Will you be including new fashion designers to the showcase? To showcase their designs, also. Yes, on the 28th we have the Emerging Designer Show, and that's the last show in the last day that we hope that everybody will come to. Um, we have some new designers who are just starting. We have two student designers. One is from Jersey City. She went to Parsons. And if there's an article in the, uh, I believe it's the Jersey Journal. Um, about her and about the week, and um, we have some up-and-coming designers from New York, New Jersey, who will be in um, the show as well, and then we have some full-figure Fashion Week designers um, that will that will also be in the show, and then a few more um, established designers. We tried to mix it up to keep it exciting. Um, we probably have between 10 and 14 designers. So the show will start at 6 o'clock. It's $20 um, for people to attend. And then afterwards, we have um, four bands that Soar Nation has put together for a concert. So if you come, you get to come at um, 6 o'clock and for the show. But in addition to that, we're going to give you some Jersey City talent at 4 p.m. Um, the mayor is actually going to sing um, at that time, too. We have about six acts 
of people, <laughs> uh, talented people from from Jersey City. Um, it's it's I, I want to call it the Jersey City Spotlight section at 4 p.m. and this is going to happen in Liberty State Park on the 28th. So if you pay your $20, you can come here. Some of your friends, you know, some people who are born or live in Jersey City, come hear them sing and hear your bayers sing, and then stay for the show. I, I, you know, wow. I, well, that's great. Uh, Jay, I just I have to come in here for a second. There, Healy is singing. <laughs> yes. The, <laughs> the mayor is going to sing. He is performing. <laughs> okay, I just wanted to make sure I asked that before Jay went to the next question because um, this, this is going to be interesting. Okay, go right ahead, Jay. I wanted to know, would you do all this again, do you think? Yes, I would do all of this again, and let me tell you why. It, it was, it's definitely funny you say that because I was just thinking about that the other day. Um, it, it was totally a faith walk, um, and it took a lot of work, and it took a, 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 little, a, a lot of uh, God and divine order for it to come about. And I think that sometimes in life you take risk, and sometimes you have to take risk. And I took a risk with this, and I trusted God, and by putting my faith in him, that's when things started to happen. That's when everything came together. So I would not hesitate to plan another event like this of this magnitude um, because I know where my faith and where my help comes from. Oh, this is amazing. Well, you know, with that said, we want to uh, bring it to the next one, which is you've answered this before, but I think people should know about this because you moved me before and Jay before with, um, a story that you gave us, you know, about you, okay? So I wanted to ask you, outside of all this you're doing, because what people, what I want to say about Deisha that really moved me when I first met her and I, I talked to Jay about having her on the show and he said, that sounds amazing, is that, it's, you know, she interacts with so many different people of different economic levels, ethnic levels, everything, and this show encapsulates the entrepreneurial experience, but it also encapsulates giving back. You know, with Mark, we heard about him being an actor and everything, but also falling in love with animals in a way that he thought that he wouldn't. Here we're hearing Deisha talk about how she is a lawyer by profession, remembering where she came from in the community, giving back to the community, okay? And when I met Deisha, if I could share with Deisha, we were at what we call the Cupcake Salon in Jersey City. And it's another person who has created her business working full-time. And the thing I learned about Daisha is that she came and she introduced herself, and she was really um, sharing with us, you know, about what it is to be a part of, you know, everyone coming together in Jersey City. Because there are people moving from New York. Some people, excuse me, I love my city, but some of us can be a little bit on the snobbish side. Some of us can be on different sides. And Daisha, like myself, we find ways of bringing everyone together and showing the love of one another, what everyone has to offer. And so with that said, I, this question is very important to me, Daisha and Jay. We want you to share with people what is the most rewarding experience you have had in giving back to the community overall from a young age to now, what one experience really hits you hard that would really support why you want to give back here? You know, um, and I think before I said this, it's, it's hard to really pick one out because 
I enjoy giving and and having um, other people either get something that they really need from the giving or enjoy um, something from the giving. It feels good to give and really not to expect. Um, it feels good to show love. Um, it feels good to care. And just in general, that's why I'm, I think I am so passionate about doing giving because giving in and of itself is just a wonderful feeling. I, if I had to choose the times, I probably would say it is, it is the times that I spend with children and in speaking with kids. Um, in in different capacities, and um, because I feel like, you know, the children are our future. And I love it when the kids come up to me after speaking with them or having to spend time with them, and they tell me they understood what I said or that they're really going to listen, you know, and make the right choices or they're going to dare to be themselves or they're going to... That that is what really, you know, touches my, my heart, and those are... Um, the most rewarding experiences. Well, you know, with that said, we want to let you know that we have decided to have you be the Listen Give uh, Super Nonprofit Hero of the Week Award. Yay! Oh my <laughs> um, and I, I'm, I'm almost, I'm almost moved to tears because um, you really embody what it is to be someone who's gone ahead, received their college degree, remember to give community service, ongoingly give it back, okay? Ongoingly give the love back, all right? And so we want to say that to you. And what that looks like for what Listen Give is about is that we, we will be sharing with our community over the next month, even after your fashion show is over, who you've been to the community what you provide for the community, and, you know, your endeavors ongoing with. Okay? And Thank um, you. Yeah, it, it's just been an amazing journey to be on these last two times with you and to just be real privileged to be with you. And um, yeah. we wanted to let, to let you know that and that one person, I mean, Jay, she literally as one person, she has other people working with her, but she has literally been the one person Superhero walking through the streets, connecting with everyone she met, no different from the other. And I and really, you know, I know, I'm sorry, Jay, go ahead. And rightfully deserving. I mean, it's incredible what you're doing out there. I'm so proud of you. Gail is so proud of you. You are an amazing lady. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. And, and, you know, we can only say that giving back to kids, you working with the kids, you know, you also work, if I can share, that you've also worked in the prison system. Um, you give back the same way, and you give back to women, and you give back to families, and you give back to people of all cultures across the board, you know. And, and being, you know, president of the uh, lawyers, uh, Women's Lawyers Association for Jersey and then you know, uh, African-American lawyers, and then, you know, just continuously giving back. And then, you know, the the biggest achievement you've done is having the mayor thing. So um, I think that's a big (laughs) achievement. You know, you're having the mayor (laughs) thing. So that's amazing. And, you know, 
<laughs> but we wanted to thank you. And we want to thank Mark in his absence, so there's another award for that as well. We want to give K-9 the Garden the ongoing award over the next month as well. We'll be highlighting them as an award place because of the way they treat dogs and the love that they have for the dogs there. Um, you know, Mark shared that he talked a lot, but what Mark didn't share was that he is really, um, he has a really great heart, and so do all of the people at K-9 the Garden who care for the dogs there. It, they don't just speak it. They walk the walk and walk the talk. When my mother passed away, you know, um, I knew of situations that he was really there as a great person in support of just me as a person and meeting him, you know. And, you know, meeting some of the people like you, Daisha, and, you know, and so many other people, and, and now Jay is going through some things with his family, it is just so good to know that people work hard and make the difference that they do. So with that said, uh, Daisha, we are going to, you know, uh, end our episode here for this week. And we thank you. And Tim, before we go, would you please let people know where it's going to be and what your website is and so that they sure. can check in to buy the tickets and support you. Jersey City, come on, go out and support Daisha with Jersey City Fashion Week and go out and support the animals in your community working together with the, the Liberty Center uh, that, for Dogs and also K-9 The Garden. So please support these businesses, also Chiricos in the neighborhood, uh, D&L Grocery. But Daisha right now, please support her with what she's doing for Fashion Week because this is much bigger than her. She's really going back to support the community. So go right ahead and, and share with us where they can find you. Sure. JerseyCityFashionWeek.com is our website, or you can go on Eventbrite. Um, dot com and look up Jersey City Fashion Week. All of the events are there. There are four ticketed events, and we hope that everyone will come to one of the ticketed events. The, there are also some free events, too, um, but the ticketed events, net proceeds will go to those charities. So we look forward to seeing everyone there and, and everything at different places around Jersey City because we wanted to kind of highlight all the different different areas of Jersey City. So um, sign up, and I hope to see you during the week. You sure certainly will. And uh, we found out from Daisha today that Miss and Give will also be one of the supportive sponsors online radio. And so we will be supporting Daisha every single day. So you can come to our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Listen and Give, and we will be putting up today all of the information for Daisha uh, cause. It's amazing. Thank you, everyone. Jay, it's been real. And Daisha, thank you again for being our guest today. And Mark. God bless you. Thank you. Goodbye.